Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kadiohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We live in the age of social media where it's never been so easy to make someone feel like an idiot for thinking the way they do. But don't buy into the lies. People are unhappy and afraid. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that deception is running rampant. You don't need to follow the crowd. Make a splash by telling the truth. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 8, 2022. I want to talk to you today about what now seems to be a full plate prophetically, as it were, in this last hour. And by a full prophetic plate, I mean every end times prophecy in the Bible, and I mean every single one, leading up to the pre-tribulation rapture is in play today. Every single prophecy in the Bible is in play as we speak. So what follows in no particular order is a list of such prophecies of which there are well nigh 100 such prophecies. I actually painstakingly narrow them down to 18. See, when I tell you 100, and then 18 sounds a lot better, right? (laughs) So 18. I tried to make it less than that, no can. So here are those prophecies again, in no particular order. And let me preface them this way, by way of an illustration. All of these prophecies that we're going to look at, and by the way, the link to this uh, PDF file listing these 18 prophecies with the verses in Scripture will be available for download. But again, by way of a preface, and this is very important, please hear me on this. So, these prophecies will find their ultimate fulfillment in the seven-year tribulation. We are not yet in the seven-year tribulation, right? You know that, right? Okay. So here's the illustration. If we're already beginning to see that which will ultimately find its fulfillment in the seven-year tribulation, starting now, then the question becomes, how close are we? 
So here in Hawaii, we use air conditioning, I guess on the mainland if you want, you can use heaters. But you know how it is that the closer you get to the AC, the more you feel the cold? The closer we get to the seven-year tribulation, the more this becomes prevalent and pronounced. So let's start with this first one. We actually have spent quite a bit of time on this one. Last week we talked about this one, hyperinflation and worldwide famine. This is in Revelation chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, and also Luke 21, verse 11, when Jesus responds to the disciples and answers their question about the signs of the end of the age. Famine is mentioned, along with pestilences as well. Number two, again, a prophecy we've talked a great deal about. It's this coming global economy, and what comes with it is a bio-digital mark without which no one can buy or sell. We'll talk more a little bit about this, but this of course is Revelation chapter 13, verses 15 through 18. Number three, the world's intoxicating obsession with the dividing of Jerusalem. And this is Zechariah chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Number four, this insatiable quest for peace and security. This is, of course, 1 Thessalonians 5, 3. Number five, a striving for and enforcing of, I'm saying it that way for a reason, striving for and enforcing of a seven-year peace agreement with Israel and many nations. Daniel 9.27, very detailed prophecy, by the way, very packed full, that one verse, which also dovetails into number six, which, interesting, is the rebuilding of the Jewish temple, which the Antichrist will defile. Now, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Thessalonians in his second epistle, the second chapter, specifically verse 4, talks about this in great detail, which also comports with Daniel 9.27. Doubtless you may have heard about the breaking news this last week. I did not have time this last week to vet the authenticity of this, but it is thought that they've already started the process of rebuilding the third temple, as they refer to it. Now, again, (laughs) we know that there has to be a temple in the seven-year tribulation, and early on in the seven-year tribulation. Why? Because of specific prophecies like 2 Thessalonians 2 and Daniel 9.27, just to mention two. The reason we know there's a temple there, a physical rebuilt temple, is because the Antichrist at the midpoint, the three and a half year mark, will set himself up there in the temple and declare himself to be God 
and he will commit an abomination that causes desolation. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, Jesus is warning the disciples concerning the Jews at this time. And he says, pray that your flight is not on Sabbath. Why? Because transportation, particularly in Jerusalem, on Shabbat, the Jewish Sabbath, shuts down entirely. Also pray that it's not winter, because that's going to affect transportation as well. Because this is going to happen, and when it happens, you're going to flee to the place that is prepared for you, where you will be protected by God for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. Many believe, present company included, that this place is none other than Petra, in modern-day Jordan. I know many of you have probably been to Israel and seen Petra. Amazing place. By the way, parenthetically, let me say, it is believed by some that actually Job lived in Petra. It is a huge place, a very secure place. And for those of you that were with us during our study verse by verse through the book of Job, we also learned that it's very possible that Job preceded the patriarchs, which if so, that is... Anyway, I digress. The last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, the Jews will flee to this place, and God will protect them from the Antichrist, who seeks to destroy them. Number seven. This again, very familiar prophecy, definitely in play today. It's in Ezekiel 38, and it's a prophecy about an alliance of nations that will invade Israel, whom God prospers abundantly. And what we know from this prophecy, though listed by their ancient names, is that at the helm you have Russia and Iran and Turkey and these other nations with them, and they will invade Israel for the purpose of taking what Israel has. What does Israel have? <sighs> Lots of stuff, like oil, natural gas. How about this one? Gold. Oh, you have no idea. This actually ties into number eight, which again, a familiar prophecy. Damascus, Syria will be destroyed and uninhabitable. Isaiah 17, 1 and Jeremiah 49, verses 23 through 27. Now, I have long held to the belief and still hold to the belief that Isaiah 17, 1 and Jeremiah 49 with it concerning this prophecy about Damascus, Syria being destroyed and uninhabitable, that it will be fulfilled simultaneously with, or at the very least prior to, the Ezekiel 38 fulfillment. The reason I say that and believe that is because all of the nations listed in Ezekiel 38 are today at the ready in Syria specifically Damascus. They're all there at the ready, and they will come from the north vis-a-vis -vis Syria. Number nine, 
great earthquakes will increase in frequency and intensity. Again, this is Matthew 24, verses 4 through 8, where Jesus is answering the question, and he talks about nations rising up against nations, and that there will be wars and rumors of wars, which is number 10, better understood as threats of wars, and there's going to be racial uprisings, and all of these Jesus likens to birth pains, which come in greater frequency and greater intensity, and one need look no further than just to the statistics concerning specifically earthquakes from the USGS, actually, believe it or not. Though they try to downplay it and deny it, no surprises. But I mean, we use the expression off the charts. That's an understatement. Earthquakes, exactly as Jesus said they would be. They would come in greater intensity and greater frequency. And then number 11, which is in Luke 21, verse 25, there's going to be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, and it will be distressing to the nations who will be perplexed by the sea's roaring waves, speaking of what many believe to be tsunamis, which are usually caused by great massive earthquakes. So you have this massive earthquake, and then the tsunami that ensues. Number 12 is a tough one. Please be patient with me. I know you're very gracious to me. But it's concerning false teachers and false prophets. And this prophecy is found in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. On Thursday nights, we're currently going through the book of Jeremiah, verse by verse. And I have to confess that it's been very, very hard, though I very much enjoy teaching the Old Testament, as I shared on Thursday night. But Jeremiah, I mean, it is so intense, because there were all of these false prophets, these corrupted priests, and they were dealing falsely, as we saw last week in Jeremiah 6. They were dealing falsely, saying, peace, peace, when there's no peace. In other words, they were false prophets, corrupted priests. And oh, by the way, in chapter 5, two weeks ago, we read that, and the people love to have it so. Does that sound a little bit like what Paul wrote to Timothy about the last days? That they will not tolerate or put up with sound doctrine, but they will flock, interesting detail, in great numbers to those teachers. They'll fill up their churches. Why? Because they're telling them what their ears are itching to hear. Oh, it's all good. Jeremiah, no it's not. Oh, it's good. Come on. They've been saying that the end is here for how many generations? Nah, it's all good. It's going to be good. Jeremiah, no, it's not. No, peace, peace. No, it's not. This is it. 
again, just bear with me, because (laughs) this particular prophecy is huge. And it's deceiving people by the masses. And now we're still talking pre-trip. Deception, which we're going to talk about more, is such that in the last days it will be a marker of the last days. In fact, when Jesus answered the disciples in Matthew 24 about their question concerning the end of the age and the signs of your return, the first thing on Jesus' list was not wars or earthquakes or famines or pestilence or any of that. Number one thing, first thing he says, don't be deceived. Do you get the impression that deception will be a marker of the last days? Speaking of Israel, Jesus said during the seven year tribulation that if it were possible, those days had to be shortened for two reasons. Number one, no flesh would have survived it. And number two, that if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. And again, this comports with 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which actually we're going to, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're only on number 12. We need to keep moving. Number 13. In Second Peter chapter 3 again, this time verses 3 through 7, <laughs> we have a very interesting prophecy about those who mock us for Bible prophecy. How ironic is that? It's actually a prophecy of this increasing mocking and ridiculing of Christians that believe in Christ's return. Not just the rapture, but the second coming, seven years later. So when, not if, because if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you have people that are very mocking and even condescending whenever you bring this up to them. If it's of any help to you or encouragement to you, the next time that happens, just thank them. Say, thank you so much for mocking and ridiculing me. And then turn them to Second Peter and say, you know, you're in the Bible. <laughs> I don't know if you knew it or not, but actually you're, you're not only in the Bible, you're fulfilling Bible prophecy, because one of the prophecies in the Bible is that people like you would mock people like me. Bring it. Number 14 we already pretty much talked about, but again, this is a hard one, because in Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, we're told that this will be a marker, and it's that people will not tolerate sound doctrine, and instead they will go to those who tell them what they want to hear. Peace, peace, it's all good, it's all good. Nothing to see here, keep moving. Keep calm, carry on, is that how the saying goes? Actually, we talked about this on Thursday night, just again, bear with me. Over the last couple of years, I have to again confess I've been, I've been just stunned. I don't, for lack of a better word, I don't know what other word to use to describe it, but I mean stunned that pastors behind pulpits aren't even talking about what's happening. It's like nothing ever happened. And I mean, I, <laughs> 
I have no words, which is a miracle in and of itself. I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. You know how it is when something just, I mean, catastrophic happens? I mean, cataclysmic. And then someone just carries on like nothing ever happened. You're like, what universe are you in? You don't want to... Instead, they're talking about stupid stuff. By the way, stupid is in the Bible, so don't email me, please. And, and I, I feel so bad for the people, because they're sitting in churches like that going, I'm sitting here listening to stupid stuff, and I'm not sure I'm going to have a job tomorrow. And you're not talking about what's happening. You're not talking about the implications, the connections, the ramifications of everything that's happening in our world. My wife and I, the the other day were, let me breathe first. We were having this dialogue about this very thing. And uh, I mean... Her comment to me was, I feel like the last couple of years were surreal. Like, did this just happen? Is, is this really happening? Yes, it is. And here's someone that, and by the way, people who have never stepped foot in a church have stepped foot in a church because of what's happened. And they go to that church, and I think they're just reminded of why they stopped going to church. I mean, you're just going to tell me and preach a feel-good sermon? As one so aptly called it, it's a sermonette for Christianettes. So I walk out of here feeling all perky and... Number 15, and this is also in Second Timothy, this time chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. This is very specific. In the last days, perilous times will come. Terrible, horrible times will come. And the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, goes on to list 19 markers. And I would encourage you... <laughs> It's not for the faint at heart, but I would encourage you to go through that list. Some of those words aren't in our vocabulary in our day and age. Of course, our vocabulary has deteriorated over the years. It's just unbelievable. It's like we need to learn English again. I mean, in that list of 19 are things like people being treacherous, well, that's not a word we use very much. Violent, lovers of self, disobedient to parents, slanderers. Whenever I think of that, I think of social media. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, 
but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.